The following is rated not safe for work. It contains strong language, adult situations, and lots and lots of spoilers. Discretion is advised. In the criminal justice system, cinematic-based offenses are considered especially heinous. The dedicated attorneys who investigate these villainous films are members of an elite squad known as the Reels of Justice. These are their stories. Order, please, order. The Leals of Justice is now in session. The Honorable Judge Maynard Bangs for deciding. We all eyes for the Honorable Judge Bangs. Be seated. Welcome to the Reels of Justice. Today we are hearing the case of The People vs. Gremlins 2, The New Batch, a 1990 comedy about destructive little creatures that terrorize the denizens of a high-tech New York skyscraper. For those of you unfamiliar with our court proceedings, we are here to determine if this film is guilty of being a bad movie. As always, films are to be considered excellent until proven awful, and the burden of proof lies upon the prosecution to prove beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt that this film is guilty. Mr. Big Ben Haslar, you are appearing on behalf of the prosecution. You may present your opening statement. I'll uh, have to weigh my words carefully, Your Honor. The last time I saw a cinema lawman critiquing a Gremlins movie, they got taken down. Anyway, <laughs> Gremlins 2 is a movie that did not want to be made. After the huge success that was the first movie, creator Joe Dante said he was done. No, no more Gremlins. It's a self-contained and perfect the way it is. But with dollar signs in their eyes, the studios tried to figure out the formula on their own on how to make this first uh, admittedly great film into a sequel. Five years passed, ladies and gentlemen, five years, and an entire company of writers could not figure out how to make a decent sequel before they finally crawled on their hands and knees to Joe Dante, the man who did not want to make a sequel, and said, we'll pay you whatever we want, we'll let you shoot whatever you want, just give us another Gremlins film, we beg of you. I mean, it's like Francis Ford Coppola saying he hates comic book movies and saying to him, we don't care, just do it. Uh, and expecting something great out of it, right? The man said he didn't want to do it. Take him at his word. But Joe Dante, he <laughs> sat back, smoked a joint, uh, trying to think of some new <laughs> angle to make of this satire monster movie, and finally said, dude, what if we made a satire of ourselves? The result is Anarchy, a film that does not make sense. Uh, if you point out that it doesn't make sense, the creators can shrug their shoulders and say, Anarchy! Uh, I mean, why the hell is there an unfunny Looney Tunes sketch tag at the beginning? Anarchy! Why does a Gremlins movie exist in Gremlins 2? Anarchy! Uh, why is the plot abandoned for a full hour of nothing but Gremlins nonsense? Anarchy! 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 I mean, you have to. all you can say to yourself after watching this is, What? What did I just see? What the hell did I do? What was with the... What, what just happened? What did I just see? And so it falls upon me members of the jury to put order to chaos and try to demonstrate to you why this film is a guilty one. I hope you'll bear with me. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hassler. Appearing on behalf of the defense is Mr. Galen Howard. Please present your opening statement. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I am not going to, um, I'm not going, I'm not going to deny anything that, um, that Mr. Hassler said on behalf of the film. I, I absolutely agree with him. I agree that this film should oh, not no. have been made. What? Yes? <laughs> the prosecution rests, Your Honor. Thank you. Okay. 
No, no, no. I, I, I agree. I agree. This, this, this film itself did not want to be made. If you asked this film itself, if you, if you t took this film aside and like put it under a bright light and said, "Do you want to exist?" This film would look at you with big <laughs> wide eyes and say, "Kill me." But, <laughs> but that is that in lies its brilliance. Yes, you could argue. You could argue that that, that yes, in any in any answer to this question, you could say you could say anarchy. But why? Why do you say anarchy? It's be, it's because this it's because this film is is a joyous it's it's a, it's a joyous celebration of uh, of chaos. It is it, it it acknowledges that the the previous film was a balance of 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 chaos and innocence and and it throws that all out the window. It says, "Okay, you want a you want a sequel? You want some you you want you want me to put the mashed potatoes on you on top of the spaghetti? Okay, here we go. Eat up, motherfuckers. And that's what and that's what we do. You know, if we we understand that you know that uh, that all, all of the all the lessons we took from Gremlins the original says you don't don't bring those characters back, but we did. And so so you look at okay, we have uh, we have history of uh, of it spawning several you know several um several you know, bastard iterations like munchies and hobgoblins and steel magnolias <laughs> but <laughs> but but this this That's film this film exists only because only because it has to only because it's bur it's like a chest burster bur you know, burst uh, bursting out of Sigourney Weaver going <laughs> and it's amazing and we have to celebrate that we have to dance in the blood that's spreading uh, spreading out from the carcass of uh, of the uh, that it burst out of saying uh, saying hello i'm corporate greed let's do a dance and it's amazing <laughs> and 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 it's glorious and, and it's inventive and like little gizmo himself it needs and Aww. deserves our love thank you <laughs> thank you mr howard prosecution you may proceed with your first exhibit uh, the first exhibit is this movie as a sequel to Gremlins, uh, which it most definitely fails at. From the opening, it tries to play a joke on us by having a Bugs Bunny short that is actually a part of the film. Uh, the problem is, it only really works in the theater, and even then, the short's really not that funny. I'm struggling to even come up with a reason why it's there, other than just two. Uh, then it rips off the idea that many other sequels were doing at the time by saying, hey, let's do the first one again, but in New York. Uh, instead of looking at the nonsensical pieces of the first one as to like how have gremlins not destroyed humanity on a planet that's 71% water or why Gizmo's uh, progeny are all friggin' psychotic or in it's instead leans into these flaws even harder. In this one, Mogwai are downright homicidal from the beginning. Uh, they're almost like those spiders that eat their parents. I mean, there's no real difference between these things and the gremlins themselves. Uh, seriously, I dare the defense team to come up with a single difference between the googly-eyed Mogwai and his gremlin counterpart. It even directly points out the mythical flaw that uh, about them eating after midnight by proposing what would happen if the Mogwai were eating peanuts on an airplane. Uh, Gizmo is even seen walking in broad daylight. That's like the one thing he can't do. Look, pointing out these problems and then just laughing about it doesn't make you clever. Uh, being a satire of yourself is lazy. You had a chance to fix all these problems and deepen the lore, but instead you just chalk up the first beloved film as some kind of joke. 
Why? Anarchy. Ha ha ha, right? And also Dick Miller, who plays uh, Murray Futterman in the first film, who we thought died in the first movie. Remember him, that sort of racist old guy who blamed uh, foreign engineering as to why his car won't start? Anyway, he's back, and uh, he's here to visit Billy for some reason... Uh, Your Honor, in the first film... I I would like to warn you, Counselor, not to say too many bad things against the great Dick Miller. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll I'll just close up by saying that the characterizing of Asian stereotypes uh, in both films is a little bit painful to watch, especially Mm. in this one where the guy is the camera. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, So stipulated. Uh, uh, Defense, do you have any uh, responses to either the Dick Miller character in the beginning or end or any of the representations of Asian characters in especially the second film. Well, I mean, you're not going to, you're not, unfortunately for Getty Watanabe, you're not going to find any, any of his films in the eighties that are, that, that are a, 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 a tasteful representation of the Asian demographics. So I think we have to kind of leave that alone, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good argument. Just we'll just not touch it. <laughs> just just right. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, six, uh, sixteen candles, vamp. I mean, what do you want? Um, Hashtag anyway. stop Asian hate, sir. Hashtag Indeed. stop Asian hate. Indeed. Stop hating us, Ben. <laughs> um, but, uh, speaking on the on the opening sequence, I think that. It, I actually, I actually find that that sequence to be quite brilliant because it is in it is in fact taking the, it's already telling us telling us from the beginning it's ta- it's giving us a um, an example of a of a reliable um, image and franchise Looney Tunes and it's telling us that. Um, it's it's telling us that the, the it's showing us that that world can't be trusted, and so we're saying that the world the the franchise that you're then stepping into Gremlins two also it also is going to be fucked with. It's it it, it can't be trusted. It's going to it's it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be manipulated. It's going to be it's going to be stretched out. It's gonna it's gonna break form. It's gonna do all of those things. And and so it's it's really a it's really a foreshadowing of that. And I think it's and you know especially especially tying in the. Um, tying in corporate greed, tying in those elements, I think the two are quite aligned. And you know, I think as far as as far as Dick Miller's character, he's and yes, he was yes, his character was um, was was deep was um, was was definitely was definitely maligned in the in the second. But it's you know, but but again, he is he is he is a character. It brings in a, it brings in an element that we that we can at least trust somewhat from the beginning. It's, it's feeding us just a little, just enough of, uh, you know, of the original franchise. And it's showing us that, that, that character, you know, because he's, he's, it gives him and it gives him an arc that it didn't in the first one of him, um, of him simply being a, um, a victim of the gremlins. He is then, um, uh, he is then taking that rage. He is transporting it to New York, and then he gets he gets to channel that rage at the end. So I think it kind of it actually does kind of complete the course of his character. Well, yes, as was planned from the beginning. Obviously, <laughs> prosecution. How do you feel about that? About the movie feeding us Dick's arc? 
Uh, well, we thought he died in the last one, and he was a character that was sort of inconsequential in the first one. So I don't think there was an arc that needed to be completed. If there's someone we want to see, it would be his dad, right? I mean, he was the guy who was like with all the gadgets and stuff, kind of what Gremlins were all about. Not this guy. Uh, I, I think the only reason he's here is because the director and he like to work together. Yes, that's true. Is true. And yeah, and I, um, and I, yeah, I also believe that, um, that the character who played the, um, who played who played the father Hoyt Axton was deceased at this point. That would certainly hamper oh, his ability it? to come back. <laughs> yes. Well, why is he here to visit Billy? They never say, say just that he is. Uh, my just next point is. Uh, is this. Yeah, just that he is. <laughs> just just accept it. Um, the next yeah. point is this uh, film is a satire. So instead of being a true sequel, uh, instead of that what we get is a film that satirizes the first one as well as 80s as well as sequels in general i guess let's talk about the technology it fails as a satire here uh as the things it's joking about now actually exist uh 24-hour cable channels based on specific interests computers that talk to you these things are actually here now if this were back to the future or something i'd say wow brilliant you absolutely predicted what people will be into uh, but here it's played as some kind of joke. Like who would actually want a ca- cable channel where there's nothing but cooking all day? Who would actually want a coffee shop in the place that you work? Uh, and here's another little <laughs> annoyance uh, that sort of applies to the first one. The technology is on the fritz even before the gremlins hatch. So what did the gremlins even do? Uh, these things were meant to be like sort of the urban legend as to why all your tech fails, specifically aircraft in World War II. Uh it's in this movie, it's a mess beforehand. Uh, so the association of the monsters and the things that are going haywire don't connect at all. Defense. I, I don't think that the, I don't think that pointing out the flaws in the technology, um, are really, uh, really make the, the arrival of the gremlins irrelevant. I think it more, I think if anything, it ushers it in. I think it's, um, I think it's showing us that this is a, that this is a world that, um, that embraces change for the sake of change and, and will seize on, on any opportunity. And, and so I think that's, it's the, it's showing us a, it's showing us a world in which the gremlins are, you know, will, will be at home. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's showing, it's showing us a world where the, where the gremlins, where the gremlins can, can find that chaos and build on it. And that's why the, 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 and that's why the chaos double, you know, is, is, is doubly impacted, you know, in the, you know, in this film. So I think it's, so I, I think it's not something that, I don't think it deadens the impact. I think it's. Uh, I think it definitely um, it sharpens it. Ah, uh, have to disagree. <laughs> uh, like people being trapped in the elevator, like or the revolving door. I mean, that would be funnier if that's something like the Gremlins were doing beforehand. It's just sort of like, oh, look, technology fails. Neat. Uh, um, prosecution next exhibit. My next exhibit and my last one, Your Honor, is the bonkers last hour. Uh, the last half of the film is an hour of pure nonsensical chaos. For one, we have fourth wall breaking, which nine times out of ten doesn't work. Having Leonard Malton review the first film where Gizmo Billy and all take a part is the worst insult, but there's so many gremlins gags going on here that you just can't focus on them all. Uh, the movie needs a strong dose of Ritalin, Your Honor. It's like some kind of fevered dream. We have vegetable gremlins, a gremlin that turns into a woman, a smart gremlin who grows glasses out of his head, I guess, and uh, wants to put on a production of New York, New York for some reason uh gremlin turns into electricity which i would have completely forgot about if it wasn't for them using it to kill off the other gremlins at the end uh not that it made much sense even if i did remember about him being trapped into a phone system 
Uh, a Batman logo shows up because they own Batman, I guess. Uh, a dentist detour because dentists are scary. Uh, one gremlin becomes immune to sunlight uh, thanks to the smart gremlin. But I have no idea why he didn't just inject himself uh, and all the others uh, with the other part of that formula. I mean, I know why anarchy, but it would and it would ruin the trajectory of the plot. Uh, and I use that term in the loosest sense, Your Honor. Uh, mm. These scientists are losing, are leaving their will mutate you into a spider. Please do not drink formulas just laying about. Uh, my eyes almost always manage to gravitate towards these gremlin puppets that don't have any animatronics and they're just sitting still there in all this craziness. Uh, and if you're watching a VHS version, you're treated to some dude doing a bad John Wayne impersonation. Look, there has to be some Did kind of. Did you watch of the VHS? Dry- I watched, uh, well, I watched the scenes from both, Your Honor, to prepare. Ah. Uh, the Hulkster, yeah, I mean, it was okay, I guess. Uh, but um, it, it's better than the bad John Wayne impersonation, but I'm not sure that it, you know, fixes it. Uh, but there has to be a driving force here. Uh, chaos for the sake of chaos is not worth watching. Uh, the last half, um, the first half was okay in this regard, but then it turns into a friggin' cartoon right before your eyes, and you can't help wonder, why am I watching this? I'm not attached to any of these characters. There's nothing to latch onto once this new batch hatches. Uh, it's an absolute mess, uh, and it's painful to watch, and members of the jury, I pity you. The prosecution rests. Oh, very good. Thank you, prosecution. Uh, Mr. Howard, you may now present your first exhibit. Okay, my, um, um, my first exhibit is... Um... Um, the, um, the, is, is the character of, um, of Zach Allegan, um, uh, yeah, b- um, uh, Billy, um, um, you know, we, t- we take, we find him in, um, in the first film, um, not, um, um, you know, he's, he's in New York, not, and not arbitrarily. I don't think it's, it's simply because, you know, oh, let's, uh, you know, let's take him to New York now. It, I think as a, um, um, you know, as a bank manager, as you know, as a bank employee with um, uh, <clears throat> with creative aspirations, I think you know he's uh, he's naturally um, he's naturally drawn to the industry of New York, and um, you know, and and so I think um, his his character from um, from from the first one is um, is kind of he's. He's learned the he's learned his lessons at, you know from the from the first film in his teenage years, but now he is um, he, he is stepping he's stepping nervously into uh, into adulthood into uh, into kind of the the into the chaos of um of of a career lifestyle and and so I think I I think he I think we he is he is he remains our. Um, um uh, you know our uh, you know our kind of um our protagonist our uh, our eyes and ears into this into this world and uh, and so i think from from the beginning we um we we sympathize with him try, you know trying to make um trying to make sense of this world trying to to navigate you know his um um his sort of um um car- uh, career-minded but you know but um you know but also um but also kind of um <clears throat> romance-minded um uh and boss who's you know who's who's both um 
who's both who both sees him as a, a, as an acid and a possible romantic partner is all it's all about it's all about power i mean all of this is all of this is about power she wants power the um the john glover's uh, character uh, who who runs the entire building he wants power the gremlins ultimately want power it is a um it is a kind of fight for power and then billy is kind of um, is is kind of the 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 pure heart that's caught in that's caught in the midst of it is kind of you know careening back and forth inside of it. So I think that's that's really what even as in the in the second half of the film as as the as chaos is um is is falling all around us as you know as uh, as random monsters you know start popping <laughs> up as we get. As we get spider gremlins and sexy gremlins, and um, you and throw objection, gremlins. not sexy, not sexy. <laughs> uh, uh, Let the jury decide I, that I'm one. Gonna, oh, I'm yes. going to overrule that uh, prosecution. Uh-huh. There are different definitions of sexy. Yeah, my sweaty shirt collar says otherwise. Um, <laughs> um but uh, but yes, it's a. Uh, um, it, yeah, so so from that so from that perspective, it it really. Um, you know, from his perspective, we, you know, we're, we're ground, you know, we're grounded in that. And then it, it, it carries us, it carries us through the, um, through the chaos to the film's final conclusion. Uh, you touched briefly on, on mentioning Billy's boss. Can you tell us more about that character? Yes. Yes. She, she, um, um, yes, her, her character is, um, she kind of, um, she kind of emerges as sort of a a foil to his uh, to Kate and and to their kind of the kind of the next step in their relationship. It's kind of um, it's kind of a a point a point at which uh, in which he's he's trying to move forward in his in his career, and then she is she's there she's there as an obstacle, basically um, uh, basically wanting um, wanting kind of. Um, um, you know, want, want to, uh, want, wanting power from from him, wanting uh, using kind of using him as a, um, as a as a stepping stone, but also also sees him as a you know as 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 some as, as desirable, and that's and that's something that's really it's 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 a new experience for him, and it's something that that he has to navigate through, and and then it gives us a. Um, a very awkward date with um with can- with Canadian Mounties and I love <laughs> Canadian Mounties and, and product uh, placement. <laughs> yes, oh absolutely. Yes, so yes, product placement Cana- Canadian Mounties Molson, you know, who doesn't like a, like a good frosty Molson and uh, you know and so I was sold. Uh but uh, prosecution you meant these product placements are these done sincerely or are they done with a tinge of irony? Uh, I think probably both, uh, you know, they try to have their cake and eat it too. Uh, my, my big problem with, uh, his argument here is while I do think the character Billy sort of has a good start, even though he like drags Phoebe Cates with him, uh, they don't really have an ending that carries them through the chaos. I disagree very strongly there. Like if you jumped from like right where the gremlins start turning or the Mogwai start turning into gremlins right to the end, I'm not really sure you'd miss anything in their arc. Uh, Cause it's just like sort of wrapped up very hastily at the end. And the, the chaos, this whole hour of just nonstop gremlins gags is the bulk of the movie. Defense is, is Billy's character ultimately just kind of plateau. I don't uh... I don't think it pla- I I don't think it plateaus. I think it's I think it basically 
I think it's it serves its it serves its purpose. I think it has it has enough of it has enough of what we needed. It 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 doesn't. It, I I will agree that that Billy's arc is not the centerpiece of the film, but it does it it is the ground that we re, it is the the solid ground that we return to. I don't think it's I I I would agree you not you're not going to get like a a um a uh, you know a, a solid like you know the traditional satisfying conclusion at the end with his character because because that's not the focus it is it, it is really let uh, you know showing us uh, showing us chaos reigning it is showing us that when um that you know, that when when you when you feed corporate greed upon corporate greed that's what you get and uh, and i think it's it's not a it's not a formula that that works uh, that works generally i think it's one of those things that you that you know, you can't you can't have you know many gremlins twos out there because you can't you you just <laughs> because God. yes yes because, <laughs> because that would be gremlins would be a, 3 yeah. Oh please, please don't tempt me with a good time. Um, but, <laughs> but but the but but the reason but the reason for that the reason that it the reason that it works is that it it knows what it is. It knows that it's it, it knows that this is it you know that that what it's creating is a creature that kind of parallels the gremlins in in the film itself. It's basically saying that you know, when you film if you if you feed this film after midnight you're gonna get spider gremlins you're going to get you're going to get you're going to get yes i insist no if you feed it after midnight and you leave a spider formula leaving around then you get a spider gremlin thank goodness and then you get sexy sexy gremlins Mm. Mm, Uh, sexy gremlins um, defense you've touched on the corporate greed uh of the point so i'd like to i'd like to hear a little about the character of daniel clamp Absolutely, yes. Daniel Clamp, played by uh, John Glover, deliciously by John Glover. Um, <laughs> um, yes, he he basically is the is this is the signal of is the the symbol the symbol of corporate greed, the icon of corporate greed in all of this. He's the one that um, that gives us the chaotic revolving doors. He gives us the um, the uh, the. The monitoring speaker is saying, "Like, hey, p- hey, buddy, did you wash your hands?" He gives us all of these, <laughs> um, it, yeah, and there's, there's all. He takes every opportunity to, um, to, to insert himself. Like every, um, every, every, uh, every corporate opportunity, every money making scheme is kind of and is an extension of himself. Is an extension of his, you know, kind of, you know, ne- you know, um, opportunistic, uh, you know, personality. And so, you know, the. Um, the whole um, the whole clamp industries is kind of an extension of his character. There's kind of there's kind of there's kind of clamp the human and clamp the um, and and clamp the enterprise and hmm. and so um, and so I think that is just done so so brilliantly throughout. And I think there's um, I mean I th- I think you it's very um, I I would ag- I would agree that it's um, it's challenging to create a character like that who is um, who is unto its, himself a, a you know an, an, an you know a seemingly antagonistic character and then and then put him up against the gremlins. But I think that is what makes the film uh, what makes the film work is that you you have um, at the at the end of the film you know you um, 
I, th- I don't I don't think the film is really there to give us a resolution. I think the film is really is really there underneath all of it. It's really saying that that corporate greed wins. I think when you at the end when you have um um when you have Billy going off and making a deal with Daniel Clamp, you know, the devil himself, really, he's, you know, you, it's kind of, I think really underneath all of the, all of the chaos, all of the surface level, um, you know, roller coaster ride of it, it's really having you, um, having you decide like, which is worse, you know, D- Daniel Clamp or the gremlins, which are you going to take? And I think <laughs> that's what, that's where the film succeeds. I think it's a very, um, I think, I think underneath it all, it's it, there's a there's a layer of um, the, the the satire is both is both very much on the surface, but also underneath where it's really it's really telling you that this is um, you know that that yes this is this is kind this is a concept that shouldn't have uh, that shouldn't have worked just like so many things that that corporate America will pawn off on you you know for its own um for 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 its own makings you know for its uh, for its own perpetuation and um, and that I think is 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 how the film succeeds. Uh, prosecution, well, my do you problem. Have any rebuttals? I do. Uh, I think that what you're saying could have worked if if uh, Clamp was an antagonistic character, uh, like uh, some people I might know uh, that he's based on, or if and the Gremlins are also antagonistic, and you have these two evil forces coming head to head with each other. But that's not really what happens. The problem is Donald Glover is just so fun. You know, he's having too much of a fun time. He's almost charismatic. You know, it, it, he messes up that character by not really being a villain and you're, you're kind of with them at the end of it, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you also meant John Glover. Yeah. John Glover. Yeah. The character, the guy who played him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Donald yeah. Glover is Childish Gambino. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. John yeah. Glover. My mistake. <laughs> yes. I think Donald Glover was three at this time. So <laughs> he would have been great in that role though. He would be great <laughs> as, in anything yeah, he does. <laughs> Absolutely. Even at three. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's that again. Yes, he is having, he, he is, um, he is having, uh, he is having so much fun. He, he is, this is kind of, this is kind of his playground. He's kind of, and that's, I think the thing is he is, he has created a, a playground for, you know, unwittingly created a playground for the gremlins. He is created, you know, like it, like I said, he, um, as corporate America, he has kind of created the perfect playground for the gremlins. And I think that's what they're, they're saying is that, uh, you know, that we've, um, um, is is that at the height of uh, at the height of our industry at the height of all of that we have created an environment where where only chaos can reign ultimately where you were in the right uh, in you know in the right cocktail in the right kind of um <laughs> you know concoction of it all of all of it you you have a formula that you know it's only going to you know create mass explosions and you know, and that's uh, and and you know, and and just you know, just 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 you know, like and um, uh, Julia Child's you know, just uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, kitchen setting aflame, and just uh, <laughs> all uh, you know, all of these um, all of these incredible set pieces, and just um, and and might I say again, spider gremlins and and yum 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 <laughs> sexy gremlins does sexy whatever gremlins. a spider gremlin does. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Howard, do you have any further exhibits before you rest your case? Um, let's um, let's see. Yes, I um, I, I would uh, I would like to um, 
Mr. Hassler did uh, did touch on the uh, on the fourth wall breaks um, in the beginning and in the middle of the film. Um, but you know, but we. But but in the beginning of the film, we've uh, with the Looney Tunes. That's uh, that is technically the first fourth wall break, and um, and so I think um, again, I think um, you know at that at the moment around the around the seventy minute mark is when um, when it gives us the the moment in which the um, the film the 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 film the the film of Gremlins two breaks down and and melts in the. Um, and and it's, and it's given us this this sort of the sort of wonderful meta moment um, where it's where it's basically um, it's it's basically saying that the um, that the, the 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 chaos it's basically showing us that the chaos within the film is too much to to be contained and um, and and I think. And I think that that is oh that's, objection. Hulk Hogan uh, contains it pretty well. Well, it was <laughs> is that is whose whose side are you on? Prosecution? <laughs> uh, you say you can't be contained. Like he gets it back on track, so it is it, containable. <laughs> it 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 it, 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 bu- it bubbles over, and then then the mighty Hulkster himself does you you get it back in the pot. But it's it's a it's a bubbling, my friend. And you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if 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 you're if you're dealing with something, you know, in um. You know, spectacular and inhuman. You know, you only you can only fight that with something equally spectacular and inhuman, like the Hulkster. So that's you know, you know that's why. How did the Hulk, you know, not even notice that the Gremlins had taken over the theater? If like his film also got torn apart and the Gremlins came on and did those shadow puppets, it's only like until the snooty guy comes up and's like, "Oh, you know, we got Gremlins," that he decides to do something about it. I guess he's okay with this like nudie beach film or whatever it was. Well, I mean, you, you, you know. Are my uh, you know the 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 defense would like to um would like to show a certain film he made with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not Gremlins two, I'm in. <laughs> uh, that may be even more horrifying. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but it doesn't. It does contain the classic line, "I shouldn't have eaten that sushi." <laughs> mm. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, yes. Um, anyway, um, but, hey guys, yeah. Hulk Hogan suing us? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! <laughs> oh, oh, um, He's yeah. extremely. Wait, litigious. does he have the rights to that name anymore, or are we okay? <laughs> no, he does. Yeah, he He's does. Still Hollywood Hulk oh, Hogan? Okay. Yeah. He's not Hollywood Hulk Hogan. At the yes. No. Okay. Um, all right. For the. Um, all right then. For the for the rest of the for the rest of the episode, I'll be defending Santa with muscles. Oh, Ooh. fair. Hey, okay. Sold. Not as good as Santa's sleigh, but <laughs> no, uh, not, do you have not. any final points about uh, this Gremlins movie, though? Yes, of course. Um, so, yes, I think that that um, just wrapping up, I think that that the fourth wall, the fourth wall breaks uh, again. It's it's another it's another hint at the chaos. It's it's giving us it's giving us this meta moment that's uh, that's showing us that um, it's in. Yeah, you know, I, I think in a film like this, where where the where the chaos is is just is just running over. I think the only um, it is that op- it is that opportunity. It is it is really just like um, Joe Dante himself, basic uh, basically saying, you know, saying, look, I we know that the, we know that this film is off the rails, and you know we're and and you know, hop in because there's another forty minutes, you know. So, <laughs> and I think that that's. 
I and I love that. I love when film I, I, the the self awareness of this film. I think is really what makes it what makes it winning. And I think it does. I think in moments like that, I think it is taking responsibility. I I joined this court, you know, to prosecute a film. Um, uh, you know, a film that I still um, I still will hold is is truly despicable uh, Tusk. And I and 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 that film, I, I, I thought didn't never took responsibility for what it for what it was and for what it was doing and for the chaos that it was inflicting on and the discomfort that it was inflicting on the audience. I think this film completely owns it. I think it's. Um, it's it, it, it with the with, with the Looney Tunes intro with the um with with, with the crate with the crazy gremlin characters with the fourth wall breaks with with all of it it is it's telling the it's telling the audience you know we we know what you're thinking we know we you know we we know what you're going through we're going through it too and you know it's 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 a crazy <laughs> ride i don't know what the fuck this is but let's hold on and let's have fun cuz we're at a fucking movie you know i mean like this is you know there's like a fucking gulf war happening but we're safe in a movie let's have fun Oh, uh, the, uh, prosec- the prosecution agrees that Tusk was a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, you, Tusk is not on trial, and it was found not guilty. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, so, so yes. With with that said, the defense rests. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, both sides have rested their cases. Uh, we'll now proceed to closing arguments. Uh, prosecution, you may proceed. Ask yourselves, why wasn't there a Gremlins three? Oh yeah, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is the reason there was no Gremlins 3. We had a good thing with Gremlins. Why couldn't we just leave it alone? Dante wanted to. Why didn't we let him? Why did we point a gun to his head and say, Make this sequel, you talented bastard? Uh, We all held this gun to his head by being materialistic consumerists. The The first film knew we were. We have to have it all. More gremlins. More. More. Bye. Bye. Uh, man, can you imagine where a world where someone like Mr. Clamp in this film was the embodiment of capitalism were elected president? What would that even look like? Oh. There are three important <laughs> rules that must never be broken. Uh, do not expose uh, a mogwai to sequels, especially anarchic sequels, uh, which will kill it. Do not let it come in contact with sober individuals, and above all, do not let do not watch Gremlins two after midnight or any other time. Thank you. Adorable. Uh, thank you, Mr. Howard. Uh, please present your closing argument. Thank you, Your Honor. As I've said before, this is a film that should not have worked. It's a film out of balance that breaks all the rules in a genre form that depends on him. It, it, it is a film that bites the hand that feeds it, then digests it and excretes it and hurls the hand turned back at its owner. Um, <laughs> it's... It knows that it's a bizarre Frankenstein creation. It's full of uh, full of spider gremlins and yum 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 sexy gremlins and yes Hulk Hogan <laughs> cameos. Though it gives us the resemblance of a resolution, at its heart Gremlins Two is a satire about the grotesque triumph of corporate greed, where the hero shakes the devil's hand and means it, where the only love story uh, might uh, that um uh, where the only love story that might stand a chance is Robert Picardo and Greta Gremlin. Some say the true Mm. portrait of the Reagan era was Wall Street, but I say for a searing, lasting portrait of capitalism over humanity, look no further than Gremlins do. (laughs) Thank you both. Members of the jury, Mr. Dylan J. Schlender, Mr. Rob Maynard, and Mr. Don't Feed Him After Midnight, 
Ryan Luis Rodriguez. You have all heard the facts concerning this case. It is now up to you to determine if this film is guilty of being a bad movie. The bailiff will escort you to the deliberation room to render your verdict. Bailiff. Oh, oh sorry. Um... Nothing unbelievable. No, no, I had it. Wow. Uh, we need a film about. Hey, sorry. We need a film about the Scottish Magwai. Little buggers will bite your head clean off. <laughs> I do want that film. That was Please. worth the wait. So yeah, this might be the greatest movie ever made. Jesus. Well, it there might, we go. Let's kick might, it right off. Uh, what, I mean, what, what makes you should, say it, Ryan? Well, because to. To the point that the defense made is that this movie should not work. It should absolutely be unwatchable. And yet, I am only grateful that Gremlins exists because it gave me Gremlins 2. You're history's greatest monster. <laughs> oh, well then how do you feel about this, Mr. Rob? Um, yeah, it sounds like you hate it, Rob. I wouldn't say I hate it. I certainly don't love it. And I mean, I'm going to get right out of the way that no no way in hell this is better than gremlins one absolutely not gremlins one's like a perfect movie this thing is total chaos and it is strewn about and it's like it doesn't even want to really try to make a movie and and i understand that that's sort of the point in loving it but what i found very important is as the defense brought up he compared it to another film that he did which was tusk which was another movie that kind of didn't want to commit all the way, right? And wanted to have a foot in and a foot out. And if you didn't like the movie, they could go, oh, that's okay, because we weren't really trying that hard anyway. And Gremlins 2 is like that to me. It's like, uh, we're going to make a sequel, and if nobody likes it, well, that's okay, because we weren't even trying. We were just trying to make shit. We were just throwing shit against the wall and see what stuck. And if you didn't like it, who cares? I didn't even want to make the fucking movie. So you're saying that they were just, they didn't try in making so, this movie that is absolute anarchy? And I would also like yeah. to ask, are you saying then that if this movie became incredibly well-received and critically acclaimed, Joe Dante would change his tune saying, of course, this is the sequel I always envisioned. And yeah. he wouldn't just, yes. You, and, then, you really, and then you think yeah. he would flip like that? I, yeah. Don't and then know he... the man very well, clearly. Um, this well, is... I don't. I don't this know him personally. This is spirit. This is basically, this is Joe Dante as a movie. This is everything that he cares about. This has Hell's-a popping in there. It has Looney Tunes. It has literally every single thing that I, I makes that. him such an interesting filmmaker. I get that stuff. And of course, Dante would go on to do his own Looney Tunes movie. But Which is not like, very good. But it's like, Joe, you're supposed to be making a Gremlins movie right now. Like, just, uh, why, why are you off trying to make a Looney Tunes one? So you're in favor of the corporate bottom line and making homogenized product? Isn't the making the whole movie still the corporate bottom line? Not if the movie is Gremlins 2. Why? Well, how did Gremlins 2 do money-wise? Did it make back its budget? No, it did or, not. Yeah. It made half of uh, its budget, if I remember. Oh, well... There you go. Uh, facts not introduced in evidence, though, so no, the but judge the, might not want us to consider those. <laughs> uh, he's he's a laid-back dude. I know that judge. Um, Fair enough. Uh, he's high right now. Super high. Um, <laughs> you know, that said, I think I think there's some stuff in this movie that, to me, really does work. I, I love Daniel Clamp. I think Daniel Clamp is uh, a, a great character. It's it's a great parody of Donald Trump. Um it's more it Ted Turner than it is Donald Trump, though. Uh, I mean, I think it's a mixture of a few things. Um, They're pretty interchangeable in the early 90s, I mean, to be fair. Da Daniel Clamp, Donald Trump. I mean, it's it's not terribly veiled. Um, but I think I agree with you. There's a lot of Ted Turner in there. And I think that's a great backdrop 
um, generally for the film. Um, and even all the different little monsters that they make, like, you know, we want to do a spider gremlin. Cool. Spider gremlin is scary. Like we want to do a flying one. We want to do an electric one. Like that's all okay. Um, but the fact that they just didn't even want to make a plot, it's just so madcap and off the rails that, yeah, I mean, it is just anarchy, but it's, it's, it's not always very interesting anarchy. Like, I, okay, I, but why does everything have to have a plot, though? Why does everything have to fit into a narrow rubric? Now, uh, but again, it makes it easier to, to judge. <laughs> going back to what we were talking about, you and the defense of this movie both hated Tusk. And you could say that very similar things about Tusk is, is why does everything have to have a plot? Why do, why do all performances have to be serious? And you can say, you know, for, for everything that you hated about Tusk, you seem to love about Gremlins, too. And that's just strange to me. Well, Joe Dante didn't make Tusk. Kevin and I think did. I think you I think the uh, equivocation between Tusk and Gremlins two misses the mark. To be honest with you, Maynard, I don't see them in the same way. Because even though I like Tusk, I do agree. I did agree with that part of Galen's case when he was here for that episode. Was it was Kevin Smith hedging? I don't see Gremlins two hedging. I see this as being all in. No, you know, like no, and. No. So like like so, what's the hedge? Like what what's what's the escape hatch? Just the fact that there is no plot and there's tons of fourth wall bricks and Leonard Malton shows up. That's them being all in though. What what's the escape hatch though? What's the thing you can point to and say no? This was a serious movie. This was my vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, it that literally is opens different. with Looney Tunes. My God, yeah. we're telling you in so you're saying one, that the fact is what that the, the movie is the fact that this film never even tried to make it. You don't think that any of the Daniel Clamp and uh, 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 there's no commentary, no serious commentary oh, about there corporate definitely is greed or anything commentary. is there? No, that's there what I'm saying. It, it is down there. There is a real condemnation of of consumerism that does take place in this film. But if it happens to miss the mark, Dante can go do do. It was just Bugs Bunny anyway. Do do do. So but I, the thing I see, is, it didn't. So he doesn't uh, have to say that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think this might be like another Josie and the Pussycat thing. I don't think the commentary, such as it is, is that particularly strong. It's pretty cookie cutter. You know, Robert Picardo is the the evil heavy for like the, the big evil corporation guy. And then you <laughs> get that little bit a of a twist. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> He's what, but he plays a much better doctor than he does a businessman. But he then, uh, you know, because then you get Clamp at the end. He's kind of becomes the good guy, right? Like he actually, the plan they have to stop the gremlins actually would work they, if they trick them outside. I, you know, I wouldn't and say he's so, a good guy. I well, mean, that's he is the thing. like it doesn't have to be hard hitting satire. It just has to point something out. And I don't think that Joe Dante is making this and thinking that really that the clamp character actually matters that much. I think that that's kind of like a background. I think oh, that see, I think clamp is yeah, you need an excuse to have them in the big building. Like if you're comparing this to stuff. Tusk, Tusk is clearly the work of somebody who got really high and thought, what if this is a screenplay that I wrote? You're, you're going to watch, someone's going to watch Gremlins 2 and go, this isn't the product of someone getting really high. No, this is the that product of somebody gremlin that's given the peak of their imagination. Not, there was okay, a blowjob well, gremlin. A blowjob gremlin. What exactly about that is not trying? Like, what about that isn't fun I'm, and somebody weird? Somebody got real high and thought of a bro- blowjob. No, see, you're gremlin. you're conflating you're conflating two different things, which is creativity and not giving a shit. And I uh, think that no, I don't think no, I, I that you can actually look at a movie where they have eighteen different types of gremlins, all of which have their own arcs, all of which have their own. They don't all aspects. have their own arcs. I, I don't I see mean. how you can look at all that and say that nobody was trying. That doesn't you know, seem to be 
looking at it at, at even at face value, much think, less deeper. I don't think that nobody was trying. I think that they were trying at times, and then when things wouldn't work, they they could hedge their bets and fall back and go, well, we have a bunch of fourth wall breaks. That's what I'm saying. It's such it's, as it, let's let's give me two or, examples. What, what are the examples of what of when it doesn't work? Like when there's a whole Hulk Hogan cameo and it's about the movie breaking up. And but how do you see that as a hedge, though? Minute. Yeah, like there's a fundamental disconnect between what you're saying, your argument is, and then what you're presenting because I don't see there how is this is, there. There is there's because you're not showing how this is a hedge. You're not showing like how they were trying to like uh, couch anything or hedge yeah. their bets against people's criticisms. I mean, it sounds like you're this is exactly the kind of movie they Joe made Dante a, wanted a, to make a dead serious this... movie with a Hulk Hogan cameo halfway through where they break the fourth wall. But this isn't dead. No, serious. it's not a dead serious movie, though. That's okay. The whole so then you're making it's a, supposed to you're be saying they made a, It's literally you're a moment it, from Hell's a Poppin'. It, it made a, a silly, uh, pointless uh, joke of a film, which also criticizes corporate greed and and attacks the sort of model and system that forced Joe Dante to make a sequel he didn't want to. So you would rather have something that was completely by the numbers and was just the first movie all over again instead of something that actually dug a little deeper. I, it definitely doesn't take a little deeper than the first one. The first so one manages to be whimsical. To the, the first one manages to be whimsical and fun with a plot, with uh, a continuity. Yeah, the plot. Uh, oh, gremlins are out here. Ah, they're killing us. And that's the same plot of two. There's no plot. To yes, two. but it's the just, whole point the of two is that up. there is no point. The whole point of two is sticking a thumb in the eye of corporate America by having them say, hey, we want that's a Gremlins 2. And Joe Dante says, me that, fuck you. That this movie that's supposed to be silly and has no point is also about sticking a thumb in, in corporate America's It's eye. not about that, but you that's what it does. You can't have it both ways. That's my it's point. It's not about that. That's what it does. This is the mo- one of the most passionate jury deliberations uh, that I think we've ever had. Because you're so fucking wrong. That's no, why. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, Maynard, you're so really not deliberately doing... Deliberately wrong. I mean, if you are right, you're not doing a good job explaining it. I mean, it's just... I, I You sound kind of confused, to be honest with you. I don't. You could very, you say I'm confused. Very but, confused. But that's, that's not what it is. Uh, I see this definitely as a movie where uh, they, they're... They they want to have a message and undertone, but then at the same time they want to have silly fourth wall breaks and pretend it's a cartoon movie. I don't see how that's a bad thing. But you're saying that you agree with that description of it, and then you're saying I that think you're I'm being confused reductive. when no, I when think I you're being reductive, this. But I actually don't think that even if that was only what it was about, that that would be a bad thing. I'm not even saying whether it is a bad thing because I mean we've talked about movies like Tusk, which I found not guilty. I'm and just, which I found very guilty, but had that's to defend what I, it that's anyway. That's my problem. It's like you, 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 you hate one movie that does it. You like another one that does it just because of the director who does it. Uh, okay, so what exactly then is Tusk supposed to be about, and how is it similar to Gremlins Two? Well, they're, they're not. They don't have similar themes. My point is. Oh, okay. You, so got, you were you were just no, jerking us all off for no not, reason. They, okay. They don't gotcha. have the same. Gotcha, have the same Rob, theme. gotcha. Gotcha, buddy. Is, you bet. Gotcha. There are two movies that that both movies seem to have an undercurrent of a movies. theme. They're both movies. That's what they have in common. That they're they both, both on seem film. to have an undercurrent of a theme that they'd like to pass along, but they are able to hedge their bets by saying, "Well, you know, we were joking half the time. We were high the whole time we made it. We were doing Looney Tune uh, fourth wall breaks. We didn't really no mean to make said a good that they movie." They were high making Gremlins too. I'm saying they were high making Gremlins too. That's such a reductive argument. It's not reductive. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> reductive. You haven't it's even not. illustrated how the two movies are similar. 
it's 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 the it's the yes, one exactly. foot in and one foot out of the pool that I've been talking about the whole time. Is it, did you want to make a serious movie with a message, or no. did you want to make a silly anar- an yes anarchy movie? Okay, but you, but if Tusk is a, a silly anarchy movie, you still hated it. How is Tusk anarchy? Tusk is mediocre. It sucks. <laughs> he turns a man into a wall. How is that anarchy? Ridiculous. That is taking something that exists and adding a Philip to it. Anyway, That's we're talking too much about Tusk. And not you as much about this up. movie. You fucking I did bring it up, up, dude. I did bring it up because I think it's an it, it was an important point in in this trial. As far as I I see similarities to those two movies, and it's I just, don't. And and in the way that the the directors want to have it both ways, have their cake and eat it too, in both ways. And and nobody else sees the parallel. Doesn't mean it's not there. Nope. It just means no one else sees it because um, it's not there. So it it is there. But, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maynard. I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt when you were talking about this earlier. I was thinking about it. I'm like, it's just not there, man. I'm sorry. Uh, Next time he brings this shit up, Dylan, smack him in the goddamn mouth. Oh, uh, I'm not well, going to do that. Do you know how disgusting Well, then invite me is? over and I'll do it for you. Okay, very good. I'm going to make that. That said, just talking about Gremlins 2 in a bubble. Um, it's certainly not better than Gremlins 1. It is a bunch of just madcap right, shit it's happening. Twice as good. Uh, but it ha- it's not. But it, it has some really great practical effects which i appreciate it has practically no story it has practically no character development Doesn't need so to. i certainly couldn't call it a good movie but the question is whether it whoa, can whoa, get whoa, all the way wait, it's wait, not a wait, good wait, movie. wait 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 not a good movie. so if you don't have a traditional story you're not good david lynch would really like have he- an argument with you right here sir like, if you're not going to have a beginning, middle, and end, then have a theme. And you just told me they didn't have a theme. Uh, you told me it was anarchy no. and madcap cartoons. Anarchy is a theme. <laughs> a lack of a plot doesn't mean, oh, now our message is anarchy. <laughs> you're right. The actual anarchy in the movie means that it's anarchy, which is a theme. <laughs> We're not talking about Tusk anymore. We're not allowed to. We talk too much it about it. We need to talk you about that too. Technically, the defense brought it up. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to share my thoughts on it. And, you know, it made Ryan mad because we attacked this silly movie about nothing. Um, so, hmm. I, I mean, I like Hulk Hogan. I don't think Hulk Hogan needs to have a cameo in this movie. That just kind of... I'd love to see your other notes on this film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, share your notes on the film then. I think I just did by arguing with you for about 20 minutes. Share some of the things you like about it. Um, let's see. Everything? <laughs> That's your notes? Like, come on. That's pretty look. reductive, Ryan. Thank you. Thank I you. have notes. I literally like every single thing about this movie. I think that it has gotten maligned for far too long because simply it does not fit into this little narrow rubric that you're putting it in right now. That You'd if like it doesn't A, have A, B, and C, that it can't be good? I don't understand. Like, cinema is beyond that. Cinema is not about does it have X and Y. It's about does this have an effect on the people that watch it? And clearly, if I'm going to argue with you for 20 minutes, it does have an effect on the people who watch it. It certainly has some sort of effect on the people who watch it. Certainly effect on you two. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, Ryan, what did you think? You're you're sort of the silent majority. You said some things they weren't. Really I gotta say, this is probably the least I've ever talked in a jury deliberation. I like hearing you guys go at it. Look, I like it, but here's the thing, though, is I think this is kind of like, like lightning. In, well, I, I think it's kind of like lightning in a bottle. I think it's funny. 
or lightning in a phone, as the case may be. I think it's I, I think it's funny. I like the gags. I like seeing all the different gremlins running around. You know, I, I like all that in this movie. I think it works. You know, uh, other movies where they break the fourth wall and stuff like that, like uh, like Deadpool or something, it kind of makes me cringe. You know what I mean? So I guess this is one of those movies where, like, on paper, if I were to look at it, I'm like, ah, I don't like any of these things. But seeing it all together as a finished product, it's a lot of fun. And honestly, I do think it's pretty good. I am going to withhold whether I think it's better than Gremlins 1, since you guys are very strongly opinionated on that, and I don't want to start that up again. That will be for the sequel episode when Gremlins 3 eventually comes out. Which is probably never. It, pro- yeah, it won't. So- so I'm going to vote then, since I'm not the foreman, and I'll just get the ball rolling, I suppose. I'm going to go ahead and say not guilty by reason of insanity. I mean, what's the insanity? Who's insane? You. Uh, you guys. Both of you. <laughs> okay. So you don't think the filmmakers are are a little wacky at all? They were very straight-laced when they made this. and I, this I think this is the movie. I mean, were they Joe trying Dante... to make a good movie, Dylan, or were they just were they trying to spit in the face of the people that forced them to make a movie? Both? I think they were trying to make a good movie, and I think they did make. Why a good not movie. both? I, I don't. I don't think nothing. See, but you... sour grapes is a is a good reason to think a, a movie is great. It's like, oh, this it's... movie was made out of spite. It's wonderful. It's not just made out of spite. I don't think, and even if it was, it still lands. Like if you take what's just on. The film, just what you're watching on your TV, it lands. It what works. Lands? Elaborate. What lands? What what part really stuck out to you? What really resonated? Well, like I said before, I like I like the setting. I like the big futuristic building, you know, with the go go eighties. I like all the different gremlins that we get to see running around. The spider gremlin, the blowjob gremlin, uh, <laughs> the smart the smart gremlin is hilarious. Brain gremlin. Yeah, right. I mean, it, like the the musical number hits like this. You know, it kind of is like a live-action cartoon, you know, and I really dig that. So I, those are the things that I think land. Uh, all right. Though I, I, I got to say, I will, it's weak tea. It's weak in, tea. In, in, in Ben's defense, though, I do like how he pointed out how gremlins are traditionally thought to, like, cause the issues with technology, particularly in World War II. And when that building is so ripe with technology for it to already be having technical issues before the gremlins show up, it probably could have been done better the other uh, going the other way with them exploiting how much technology there not, was. You not know, so sp- they kind of dropped the ball. Not there. to split hairs too much, but in Gremlins One, all of Pelter's inventions are already malfunctioning before any Gremlin gets there either. Well, yeah, I know that's true. It just but doesn't work. I mean, that's the, they don't need Gremlins' help for shit not to work. Shit just doesn't work. Yeah, I'm just saying, like it, like it was, it was an interesting idea that I think could have landed very well in that setting. Maybe I like the technology building, and I and I like the kind of peer into the future. I mean, it, the the movie does kind of predict some stuff that I think you could tell was going to come, but it but it it, it still predicts it um, and stuff like that. Uh, Ryan, would you like to would you like to tell me anything else specific, concrete that you really liked about the film? Concrete that I like about the film, I like that it is a peer into Joe Dante's brain, that it is a pure distillation of everything that he wants to bring to cinema, but will never be allowed to do given a blank check and being able to do it. And I think that if you care about him at all as a, as a director, as somebody who crafts the movies that he makes, I think that this is an essential part of his canon. Not more essential than small soldiers. So Rob, how are you voting? I also 
prefer small soldiers to gremlins too. Oh, day. boom! Um, yeah, all day. Yeah, but I prefer small soldiers awesome. to gremlins. What? How's that for Doug Miller? I'm okay with that. I think Joe Dante. Joe, I think Joe Dante has proved that he can he can put whimsy and fun and inventive characters into his movies, but still bother to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Still bother to have character you don't get arcs. This whole whimsy thing. I don't know why Gremlins <laughs> Two would have to have whimsy. I, it does have whimsy, though. You don't think Grim's, Gremlins 2 is whimsical? I absolutely think Gremlins 2 is whimsical. I, I think, if, if, if anything, that's the one thing going for it, is that it, it's having a lot of fun. It's very joyous. It's having a good time doing what it does. And just because it's a rejection of uh, you know, traditional storytelling, I don't think that makes it good. I don't necessarily think it makes it bad right. i just think the it's very it's interesting is what makes when, it good. i just think it's interesting when we pick and choose uh when disregarding conventional uh filmmaking is okay and when it's not um anyway as for me i'll go on the record i'll say not guilty not as good as gremlins one not as good as small soldiers but not guilty and this right. is when ryan swerves and votes guilty <laughs> I well, thought about voting guilty just to spite Ryan. He was so negative the whole time. Ben put up I, a good fight, so guilty. Ah, you prick! <laughs> After all that! Oh, it's because nothing means anything in the world's anarchy. Uh, so let's get out there and, and tell our very handsome fucking judge. Mr. Foreman, you son of a bitch, have you reached a verdict? We have, motherfucker. In the case of the <laughs> the new batch, we find the defendant not guilty of being a bad movie. Fuck you! The verdict is so rendered, and as such, I hereby order that another Gremlin sequel be produced where they go to space or some shit. No! And make it star John Cena. No! Court is adjourned. Yeah, that would be dope. Dylan, God damn you. Ow, yo, guess who it is? Back by popular demand. That's right, I got fans. Johnny Manicotti coming at you live from Reels of Justice. Galen Howard, get over here, you muggity mook. You won this case. Wow, blowing my mind. Tell me about it. Oh, Johnny Manicotti, it is... For one thing, it is a pleasure to see you. I haven't seen you since the uh, the poker game last Sunday. Um, and a good hand, my friend, good hand. But on the subject, ah, forget of... about it. You're too good to me. You know, my mom. Hey, loves you. hey, loves you. forget about it. Ah, but on the case of uh, <laughs> on the case of Gremlins too. Um, I I think this is a this is a win for this is a win for justice. This is a win for uh, this is a win for Joe Dante. This is a this is a win for sexy sexy yum yum gremlins. And uh, <laughs> this is, and this is this is um uh, I, I would I would I would argue um uh, much to the uh, the prosecution's chagrin. This is a win for anarchy anarchy anarchy. <laughs> Oh, okay, get out of here, you crazy guy. I'll see you next time. All right, hey, Ben Hassler, get over here. You know, I thought I had to pop you in the mouth when you were talking about that grown, and I thought you were talking about my sister. What do you got going on, man? What's up? Uh, well, you know, have you ever seen the movie Freaky? Uh, people liked Freaky, right? Well, I hope they like the sequel that they're planning where a Digimon movie breaks out in the middle and Chris Hemsworth dressed in Thor gear shows up because anarchy, uh, yeah, enjoy that. Peace. Ah, man, I love Chris Hemsworth. That dude's jacked. All right, that's all we got from the courthouse. Let's go back to the studio for post-trial analysis. Johnny Manicotti, out.
You know, I don't want a freaky sequel, but I do want to see what you just passed. Ben. I, I, I would watch that movie. I still want the Scott. So we need the Scottish uh, Gremlins, the Chris Hemworth Digimon movie, and John Cena in space. You know, so when when go. Trump got elected president, not to get too political, but I'd like that's oh. where you go with Gremlins three. You have them like take over Congress or something. The oh Gremlins have taken over the Congress. White House, Stripe as his vice president. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'll yeah. watch that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Gremlin goes to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> no, hell it, yeah. It was a yeah. fun oh, case yeah. of a very children, children. A, a very passionate <laughs> jury deliberation for sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Galen, what has been keeping you busy lately? What have you been up to? Oh man. Um. Well, things are um are slowly creeping uh creeping along uh creeping back to uh, normalcy. Um. I've um um. I've been fortunate to um work on a few um few things that um that if i um if i spoke about i'd have to i i'd have to to kill myself in seppuku um but Ooh, oh. um yeah but uh so so some fun fun things around uh, fun things on the horizon but um more immediately i have um uh, uh um a wonderful uh, uh, comedy drama that I'm in uh, called Moon Manor that's making um, uh, the the running the festival circuit right now. I'm very proud of that film. And then I'm in a uh, among the cast of a, a, an upcoming horror podcast um, called uh, The Gloom. Uh, it's coming out on May Ooh. 10th, um, starring none other than Mr. Tobin Bell from the Saw franchise. Oh wow! Oh, oh cool. cool! Yeah. So yeah, the very gloom. excited for that as well. Oh, that definitely sounds cool. Yeah, I, it's I'm a good thing we taught you that. so much about podcasting, eh? Indeed, <laughs> indeed, yeah. Make sure you do lots of Scottish and Italian accents. That you is, got you. That's, that's the key it. to success. Oh, that's the so key. Uh, so we always ask for a recommendation of a movie from our guests that our listeners should check out. So what uh, is a movie that you think our listeners should check out? Um, for uh, for just an a, a real a, a real oddball, um, uh, you know, off the wall film that it took me years to um, to immerse in. Um, I I would heartily recommend uh, Roger Vadim's 1971 film Pretty Little Maids All in a Row. It's this sort of it's um it's it stars Rock Hudson um, and it's a great Rick Hudson. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's it, you know he's a um, he's basically a um, um, a womanizing. Um, uh, it's a football coach, uh, kind of, and and it's a it's it's kind of a very uh, like thinly veiled kind of a murder mystery because you because there's really no question who did it, but it's just a it's a, a total satire of um, kind of the of the burgeoning of sexuality in in, in that era, and it's ju- and it has uh, wonderful turns from Angie Dickinson and um, Telly Savalas in a in a in a in, in, a, in a very a very in a pre pre Kojak yet yet unmistakably Kojak role and it's just does he have hair no no but he's very much Kojak oh. he's just so much does he, he have a lollipop stuff. yeah he's basically Kojak without the lollipop and it's oh. it's fantastic. does he ever say who's affectionate with you baby <laughs> words now Kojak he was the Night Stalker right exactly yes Kojak was the Night Stalker <laughs> absolutely um, Oh, it's it, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely check out Pretty Pretty Little Maids All in a Row. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Um, let's jump to Big Ben. What is your recommendation? 
Uh, in the spirit of Gremlins being a send-up to monster movies, I'm going to choose one of my favorite movies that pays similar homage, Zombieland. It features peak Woody Harrelson. It features peak Jesse Eisenberg. It features almost peak Emma Stone. Uh, as I get <laughs> sick to death as, of zombie movies as much as the next guy, but this movie still makes me laugh, even though I've seen it half a dozen times. It's beautifully lit. I think it's hilarious. It knows what makes zombie movies fun to watch, and it has a funny script, so it melds those two in a way that's not disrespectful to the genre, which is the way I think all satire should go. That's a great pick, Ben. I love that movie. I could watch that right now. Almost peak Emma so Stone. Fun. Did she almost peak or did she peak after? Uh, she peaked she, a little after. Yeah. got an Oscar oh. after. Yeah, that was the whole gimmick good. behind the right. second movie. It's like they all had Oscars now. <laughs> uh, so for my recommendation this week, I'm going to go with another movie about little creatures that are both adorable and terrifying. And those are, of course, The Critters. Yes! yes! In honor of Gremlins in honor of Gremlins 2, I'm going to recommend 1988's Critters 2, the main course, which Perfect. is really the best entry in the franchise as it features the lovable little critters consolidating into a massive carnivorous critter ball that devours anything in its path. Uh, this movie is just good, old-fashioned, pure horror movie night gold, and it happens to be streaming right now on HBO Max and Tubi. And Tubi. Thank God for Tubi. And Tubi. <laughs> Uh, and Ryan, since you've you've still got uh, your balls up, what is your recommendation for this week? I don't know what that means, but my recommendation is another brilliant sequel that blows the original out of the water. The best Pixar movie ever, maybe the high point of American animation, 1999's Toy Story 2. Mm. I am a sucker for stories about the existential crises of plastic, and it's almost impossible to believe that this film was originally meant to debut on home video. Toy Story 2 is currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. Disney? Disney. Oh, and Toy Story 2 is good. Kelsey Grammer is Stinky Pete. And with that, we come to the best recommendation of them all. Mine. Galen's and I'm going... What? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you know, that's true. I should be more deferential to our guests. All right. So mm. I'm recommending another creature feature uh, from 1990, Arachnophobia, yeah. starring none other than... Jeff Daniels with a hilarious turn of John Goodman as an exterminator. Uh, this movie is literally just about tiny killer spiders in a small town. Uh, it's everything about it works. You know, it's like, it's not perfect really in any one area, but it doesn't drop the ball once it is a ton of fun and it's very watchable. So go check it out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, so don't be cheap and just buy it. All spiders are killers. Yeah, um, I, I do own that film digitally. It's it's fantastic, even though it has oh, I love even it. though it has very little at stake. <laughs> you, you, you take out the you know, evacuate the entire town. Bug bomb. End of movie. I mean, he's not wrong. They do try to call that spider expert, and then you know he does. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, don't want to give anything away, but it's, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I love that film. I, I mean, Jaws doesn't have mistakes, right? Close the beach, no one go in the water. Right, pretty much. <laughs> Ah, that was an evil shark, though. Well, I yeah. guess these might be evil spiders. Hey, you got to watch the movie. Yeah, Big Bob, spiders are evil. Big Bob spiders was pretty evil. evil. Yeah. Uh, and this and this feels like as good a time as any to mention that this is our uh, our fifty third episode. <laughs> what? We've, All right. We've made it a full you each year. a virtual sake. You enjoy it. We we made I it a will. full year without Ryan killing me. He tried. It was oh, close. Anytime. It was a little longer here at this deliberation, I think. He, he did get that body double, though. So uh, shout out to our friend Scott Whites, who's no longer with us. <laughs> yep. But, uh, you know, like most anniversaries, we almost forgot, but we remembered at the last minute. 
Um, so uh, with that, we are all out of show for this week and this season, I suppose. Um, oh. But we'll, we'll have to see you guys again in, in season two, and hopefully Ryan will still be here. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll but we, see. We'll in see, my, but you never me. know. Uh, <laughs> but we do want to thank our guest, Galen Howard, for joining us. We hope you'll uh, join us again in season two. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, no, we'd be glad to have you back. And we hope everyone else will join us then, too, as the reels of justice keep turning. Cheers. Count it. Happy anniversary. Ba-bam. Bam, 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 bam. party favor goes off. Please follow us on Twitter at Reels of Justice, Instagram Reels of Justice, and Facebook.com slash Reels of Justice.